You're listening to episode 61 of the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Hey, we're Sub Radio. You're listening to the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Here's your host, Suze, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Hello, you're listening to episode 61, Musicpreneur Spotlight, MGSP. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset coach helping music professionals get clear on their goals and find time to get it all done while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. I don't usually do two spotlights back-to-back, but in order to properly close out Mental Health Awareness Month, my discussion with the guys of MGSP around their individual struggles with depression and anxieties is too fitting not to share with you today. This incredibly talented duo beautifully blends pop, EDM, industrial rock, R&B, and more into music with a message. Their latest single, Signs, is a moving story that illustrates an inner battle many of us grapple with throughout life and pleads with the listener to believe what their body is telling them. You can check it out on our show notes page, therockstravagate.com forward slash EP61. Matt and Greg also opened up about how they support one another while trying to focus on building a career in music. It's not easy trying to move forward when a fellow bandmate is struggling, and then sometimes it can feel as if when they're good, you're down, or vice versa, and if that's the case, how does anything ever move forward? I think you'll learn a lot from their candidness, and I have to say, much of this interview had to be edited simply because I was laughing too hard. So as serious as this topic can be, these two managed to keep it light and fun, and you'll soon hear, we definitely had fun. I bring you MGSP. All right, everyone. So I'm here with Matt and Greg from MGSP, and I'm so excited for this interview. It's something that I've been looking forward to for a while, and you guys will soon find out why. So Matt and Greg, thanks so much for being here with us. Oh, yeah. What's up? Thank you for having us so much. Absolutely. So, you know, I love your music and there's a lot of different genres that you guys pull from. It really is just a a really mixed bag and you guys integrate all the different genres so flawlessly. So, you know, you definitely hear some rock and some EDM and R&B, even some like industrial, more like heavy duty rock. So kind of explain to us, where do you guys find your inspiration? And when you sit down to write a song, is there a certain kind of way that you attack it first or is it always different kind of walk us through that process let's start with um the first part of the genres and i'm glad you noticed that because that's sort of what we wound up doing that's been a lifelong process of us being just in a rock band you know greg and i met each other in what was it grammar school I think fifth grade. I mean, at five years old. Yeah, years so old. we're going back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he played guitar. So we started with rock and roll. My first CD was like an ACDC CD. What was yours? Boston, I think. Boston, yeah. right? Nice. <laughs> and then we just kept that going throughout middle school, high school, everything. And then I, I had moved out to L.A., I was DJing at the time and, and I just started learning how to produce EDM. Oh. Greg was in a rock band. He, he kept going with his rock roots. Metal, we both. So we then took that and we both took a loving to the modern R&B sound right now, like Khalid and stuff like that. Mm. Really what you're saying is is exactly what we did. I, I, I tend to think that what we listen to comes out in what we make. So I notice if I get stuck, like I just start listening to different music, you know, and then without even trying, it comes out in the music. So at the time, I think we were listening to a lot of R and B and we always stick to our roots. So it's just, it's interesting how that happened. It wasn't really on purpose. We just kind of, 
fearlessly went for it and we were like, who are we? You know, and we just started to discover that through the songs, you know, and then in, anything else you want to say about that part of it? it specifically with Signs, everything just came. I mean, it's one of those songs that that I'm sure you've heard many times that you don't, you don't know how it happens. It just yeah. kind of feels it's just there. And we were going through a lot at the, going through a lot at the time between personal and, and loved ones. So it's, it's, it hits close to home. It's a very special one. Then in regards to the process, um, that one, that was a day where we had bad writer's block, actually. <laughs> uh, thank God that doesn't happen much anymore. We were down the shore at Greg's beach house. Greg had went to bed. I was playing raining. Around. It was pouring. It was a stormy night. So I love I love cinematic music. So I, mm. I took out a really nice string sound in, in my library, and I started programming a very cinematic chord progression, which is that beginning piano part that you hear. And it was on strings. And I said, Greg, can you do anything with this? I, I arranged it. I had work the next day, and he sent me back the vocal. And I was in my car crying. Mm. I was like, Greg, what is this? Like, seriously. So we just, um, at that time, it had rock drums on it, strings, and it was just beautiful. So to answer your question where it starts. So mostly, we used to be all kind of all over. After doing a few songs, we, we realized a specific process that works for us better. Usually it's in the in the computer with sounds, I think, right? Like, I'll, I'll usually lay down a bed sort of with electronic sounds or some piano patches or something like that string patches i know what sort of inspires us we'll start with like a 16 bar bed greg will start doing some melodies with the guitar and some lyrics then we'll collaborate with the lyrics and if we get stuck we just go back to our rock roots you know we become little kids again and i grab the drumsticks he grabs the guitar and we jam it out and we arrange it that way so there's really no block but some songs will start in the drum set and on the guitar. Some will start in the box. Recently, they've been starting with a bed of sounds, correct? Right. And then the lyrics come. It's interesting. It usually speaks to us and tells us tells us like a word or a phrase or mm. something that comes to us. And then we just go with it. You know, it's very interesting. Nice. Yeah. It's really fascinating. And, you know, one of the things I read in the New York Times, I think it was written by Charles Duhigg, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but it was about creating on purpose. And, you know, you had mentioned, you know, writer's block and, and not having that in a little while. Do you find, is it more just praying to the gods of songwriting that it comes to yeah. you? Or have you noticed certain things that can can unblock you? You know, what do you do when you have writer's block? Do you just walk away from it and, and go do something? Or, like, walk us through that process. What what usually happens? Or is it just on a wing and a prayer and you just hope it's it's there? <laughs> usually we'll go to we'll take a walk on the beach. We'll go for a walk, hang out. Where if we're, if my, most of these songs are in, in the middle of winter and it's, it's yeah. cold, it's cold down the shore in Jersey in the winter. <laughs> so it's the... Uh, we like to go there when there's no, cause there's nobody around. It's just really right. to just do when you're the only ones there it's something natural comes out. But if we get stuck, we'll take a walk in the night, go to the beach or something. So we're some, some place where nobody exists, nothing but nature kind of thing. Then we'll just reset and go back that, or I'll, I'll eat a bunch of food and <laughs> I'll feel good to go again. <laughs> What's interesting about that is I think Greg and I both have different ways of dealing with writer's block. Um, mm. Greg's good at resetting. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> throw the ball against the wall until until it works but it what what caught me that you said was that you read that there's an author called Stephen Pressfield um he has a book called the 
more <laughs> of art, correct? Or yeah, yeah. do the work? Which was mm. I, I lent you. He talks about something called the muse, and he's a writer, and he says it works in everything creative. So for me, that's more my process. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna make when I sit down. I notice when there's a lot going on in my life, I have a harder time reminding myself that the faith is there, that there's I can always, always, always have an idea, whether it's good or bad. You know, right? And that's what I forget. If I get in my own way, I'm screwed. So. <laughs> I can I can go for 25 walks. I can run 50 miles and still still have that writer's block until I change, flip that switch and say, there's an idea there. You know, I just got to stop trying to control it. And that's my approach. And Greg's approach is eating a lot of damn food. Fuel <laughs> <laughs> the creativity. I like it. <laughs> there's no rules. I, I just sit <laughs> down. From Queens, right? You know the good mutz. Hey, hey, mozzarella. I get it. It's interesting because we do have different ways of, of dealing with it. And uh, Greg knows my way and I know his way. We used to not and would clash a little bit, but now we know. <laughs> so it works out. I think that's great. And I, you know, I really like what you said about the fact that ideas are there, good or bad. And I think a lot of artists are afraid of the bad ideas. One of my cousins, he's actually a screenwriter and he was able to get the attention of Judd Apatow on Twitter. And he asked him, you know, what happens when you can't write? And he's like, no, you can always write. Like, it doesn't mean it's going to be great all the time, but you just write. And, And that's definitely what they were saying in the New York Times article as well. Like, just do it. And if it's bad, then you then you move on. But if you get it out and you keep getting used to using those muscles, that's really important. I love that you said that. We it always, definitely opens up opportunities to write something as beautiful as signs. Yeah, well, it's always the bad ideas that have gotten us there. You know, <laughs> Once I stop caring that it was good or bad, I realize that the bad ideas are just step, stepping stones to the good ideas. I'll start a bad song and then change one sound and then it's like, Whoa, Greg, how many times did we completely change a song? And and, and it was like, Too there many. it is. Too many. You know, mm. is all it takes. So, but you also have to know when to stop. <laughs> so it's like, sure. Sure. but sometimes I just follow it out and we give ourselves that guillotine of like, okay, like if, if this isn't, if we get nowhere after a day, like, or two, okay, it, it, we finished it, another one done. So it, um, I'm, I'm glad that you said some of the things you did because it, it reminded me again, actually, of, of how we do that. So <laughs> it's great. This podcast is all about that musicpreneur mindset. And I think the most important thing when being successful as an entrepreneur, as somebody who is building their own career with their passion is to not be afraid of mistakes. That's yeah. that's where the magic happens. Or like you said, it leads to the magic, right? It, it might. It, it's just the, the boat that gets you there. I love that you guys said that. Your latest release, Signs, we've been talking about, was released at the end of March. You know, It brought tears to my eyes when I first listened to it. I mean, it's such a beautiful song. And the, and the lyrics specifically that kind of made me go like, oh my God, <laughs> was in the very beginning of the song when it says, I'm begging you, read the signs. And I'm somebody who's been very open about my journey through therapy, been in therapy for over 10 years. And just I've had unfortunately lost a number of friends to suicide and drug use and, and all of that. And when you when I heard the line, I'm begging you to read the signs, I mean, it was like it hit my core. And I read somewhere that you guys, you know, were talking about understanding mental illness and understanding depression and anxiety as beauty that you found in the dark. So can you elaborate on that for our listeners? I thought that was such an important thing to say. What does that, what does that mean to you? 
they, you can't have dark without light. You yeah, can't have light without dark. That being the case, it's, I mean, that for, for me, lyrically, that was, it was a really, really rough time for that. And it was one of those songs where you're on the mic or you're trying to just think of something and, and you do one or two takes and it, it's all there. You know, most of it, like the whole ending part, it's all, it's all kind of ad-libbed. It's, nothing's really thought out. It's just spewing out with, that's the light of the whole situation. So that saying is almost half of the whole thing because the light came out of that dark and and that song to me is is the good like like the lyrics in that song are exactly the things that when the dark is so loud that the light is saying you know what i mean like it's like the devil and the angel in your head the words in that song are so hard to believe when you're in that dark place i never changed my life until i fully let myself feel that darkness because i i've i've had brutal battles with depression and losing my mom to cancer and, and alcoholism in my family and and i was so scared of that when i fully 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 was like okay these are things i need to deal with i started to see the real me that i never saw in my life so like people like you that that it's you're a great example of it look what you're doing you're doing a podcast to bring that experience to people and, and we're doing the same thing. And those are the warriors out there that are able to transcend that sort of darkness, you know, because at some point you just say enough's enough and you listen to the other side of it. Matt, I believe it was you who I read this about. You had mentioned, I began a personal relationship with myself when you started to seek help for the things you were struggling with. I read that and I was so connected to that statement because I definitely I know what you mean by that um and I feel like I've definitely been through the same can you tell our listeners a bit more what you mean by that on that journey that you took through coping with the things that you you've battled with my whole growing up I I, I just never fit in I, I don't know why I can't tell you why and when that happens you start to believe you don't your mind becomes a collective of the bullies and the noise and you essentially lose yourself in that noise you don't see yourself for who you really are i look in the mirror and i see the guy that everyone labeled me as you know when i started going to therapy and when i started to have mentors and people that showed me the truth like hey man like none of that is true and there's a way to disconnect from that and actually just watch it all go by that was the moment my life changed because I said, oh my God, the little kid that I was before all this is still there. And I remember breaking down on the floor. I was on the phone with my dad in California that day and an earthquake happened. The second, I kid you not, I wish he was here to tell you, that separation showed me that there was a voice of love in me. There was a me that cared about me, that believed in me. That was when I refound that relationship with myself. Instead of saying, I can't do this or you're to this, you're to that, it said, give yourself a break. It's okay. We're going to take this one step at a time. You're going to be okay. It wasn't like these things like you could take over the world, but it was like a, a much more forgiving, loving, gentle, kind voice, you know? And even as a man, that's hard to say because everyone expects you to be masculine and mm -hmm. this and that. To be able to allow myself to feel that way, I realized that was all I needed. And, and through therapy and, and affirmations was big. Journaling was big. Meditation was big. So those are things that have helped me. There's a blog on our website that's, that, that Greg and I have put together that, that we wrote some of the things in the books that sort of took us along that journey. So I hope that makes sense for you. It's a very hard thing to explain to people. 100%. Anxiety is, is, is huge right now, I know, um, and it's sort of stigmatized a lot, but I know I'm seeing it a lot more pop up. 
that's another important thing I that I had to get past because for me, anxiety was a side effect of depression. Mm-hmm. Not only did I have to get through the physical feelings of depression, I had to cut through the anxiety too. Greg has a similar way too. I mean, his his journey was identical when we met for this group, you know, and it, it was it was incredible. So hopefully that helps. Yeah. No, absolutely, and thank you for that because I yeah I definitely relate to that, and I'm I'm sorry to both of you for your losses. I my our listeners here know. You know, I lost my dad to cancer a few years ago and there was a lot of battle with alcoholism. So, you know, I totally relate to all of that. And I know a lot of our listeners do, unfortunately, as well. And Matt just brought up a good point because my next question was going to be, Greg, you know, as Matt went through all of this, what was it like for you, you guys being partners and working together, you know, um, understanding and being able to go on a journey together where you're building a career, but you know, maybe you yourself are going through things too. So what was that like, as Matt started to say, when you guys came together and you've both got your own things to deal with? Can you shine some light on that for us? Right. Sure. While, while, while Matt was, um, was, was dealing with all of that, I, he, uh, most of that time he was on the other side of the country. So the story is pretty hysterical, actually. I, yeah. I was doing um, my rock band over on the East Coast here, and he was, he was in L.A. as a female-fronted um, rock band, and the singer was my girlfriend, which is the worst thing you could ever do <laughs> on planet Earth. But, and I, I learned, that, <laughs> learned that the hard way. But, I mean, but it's, it takes you to an amazing experience because when, when you're so young, 16 years old, 17 years old, you're going across, you're going down the coast, going across the country, playing these shows, you, you build who you are, personally business-wise career-wise and, and you share a lot together so it's it was it was interesting and while I was the busiest time of my life and I graduated school and I, I left the band broke up with the girl on the same day oh. and my whole and this band was doing pretty well at the time so I, it was my career it, every the future was bright <laughs> right <laughs> and, um, and everything started over again and it put me through set me back it put me through a wormhole walked out of graduation i was like well this <laughs> gotta start over <laughs> so um, i caught up uh i caught up one of my buddies we started a band a little thing we had a song and i needed a remixer somebody to remix this song and i went through all we were working with a cool writer at the time he exhausted all of his op- all of his options and i exhausted all of mine and I was stuck. I was, I was like, oh, what are we going to do now? I was with them. I was at the gym with my buddy Pete. <laughs> and uh, we're leaving the gym. We're in the car. I'm just telling them about this. I'm like, I need somebody to remix my song. I need somebody to remix this song. <laughs> and then we're at a light. He's like, I'm just like, again, I need somebody to remix this song. We're stuck at a light in town. And all of a sudden, as soon as I said that, I was like screaming. I was like, come on. I hear a beep. And I and I look across the street and there's this redheaded nut sticking oh his head out the window. <laughs> and he was like, Greg! I'm like, <laughs> I look at my buddy Pete, I'm like, no way. And then I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm back from LA. We gotta link up, we gotta jab, we gotta get together. You're I like, remix like, my song. <laughs> I was like, remix the song, man. And then from that point on, we uh, we got together, we showed him the song, we remixed it, and then started working together on his solo project. It turns out that that was more relatable to both of our situations with our love loss, with our family loss, with our with our state of minds, and it was very relatable. So we just we uh we took the liberty to say what you think, man? Should we do it? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> From there, it's it's been a wormhole again of a journey of, of going 
of the ups and downs and just i mean we, we've been doing this for two years this uh this project just trying to figure out we've been in the lab for two years figuring out what? who we are i mean if that wasn't a sign from the universe geez that's such an amazing story (laughs) so i i want to touch upon the fact that you know i think it's great you both came together you were able to bond on on a lot of different uh personal experiences now when it comes to your music clearly i mean you guys have each learned tools to help you cope with certain things and i want to get that to that in a minute but as a partnership as a duo sometimes things get in the way we plan and then god laughs and you know maybe you have a bad uh day or a bad week or something personal happens so how do you guys support one another how do you you know kind of go with the ebb and flow of trying to make this happen and and building your careers together but you're each dealing with your own stuff at the end of the day that's such a great question because we're just getting through that exact thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, for one, would say I, I don't know what I'd do without this guy because, it, you know, there's been mornings I couldn't get out of bed because I was, you know, just so upset about some personal stuff. And he would come to my house, wake me up for work. We'd go to the gym. He'd wake me up. So, I mean, it's a knowing now where where I think we know each other so well where it's like, if one of us is having a bad day, we're comfortable talking about it. What helps us is going back to the music, actually. Yeah. Just jamming or, or making a song, you know. We know when to give each other space and we know when to step in. Yeah. It's it's resetting and, and always going back. I mean, it's where we come from. What brought us together was the music years and years ago when we were little. Matt and Greg, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just always going back to that, whether it's in the lab or or, or visualizing the stage or, or, or jamming with some friends or... We're just going, and when that's not happening, it's just going out and being kids again, going to the, going to railroad tracks, going to the woods, going to take, going on walks. You know, it's like working out, whatever it is. Uh, there's such a level of deep, deep level of respect that we've built over the last, I mean, our lifetimes in a sense. So we're brothers, honestly, and and that that helps because I think everyone in their life has to have that one person that they can really, and I mean, really trust. You know, and and a secure place. And that's what we have here. And, and the music should say that. The exact way me and Greg are to each other is sort of the way we're talking in signs, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that that, sh- that should show. Our personalities should shine through in that because that's how we do it. And I love that you guys mentioned, you know, there's more than just music. And obviously it all feeds into your music and it gives you inspiration. But that you do, do spend time together outside of just sitting and recording a song or rehearsing for a show or any of that stuff. I mean, I think a lot of the times artists forget to live life and just go out and have shared experiences and, and be there for one another beyond, you know, sometimes we get so focused on, I have to make this happen. I have to build my career. I have to do this. I have, and we get blinded by the fact that like, wow, life is passing by, you know, or, or checking in with one another beyond, Hey, did you finish that verse? Or, you know, do you have that mix ready? Um, I think that's really beautiful that you guys have that. I'm just wondering being that you both clearly have put in so much work, both singularly and together as a duo to deal with, you know, some things are never going to go away, right? Some things we struggle with our entire lives, but what matters is that you've learned ways to cope. So I know it's important to you guys to encourage your fans to reach out for help. And being that you guys have, what are some things that you guys have learned 
to do in order to cope? I know you've mentioned briefly, you know, meditation, you know, getting out and experiencing life. Like what, what do you guys do? And do you find kind of reminding each other like of, of certain coping mechanisms, you know, have, have there been times where one of you have said to the other, Hey, why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't you get out of your head for a little bit and do this? Can you maybe uh, elaborate on that? What really got me out of a dark time was getting off of social media. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that that summer when I when I left the, the group and I, at school and it was just like there to find me again. It was actually me to fi- find me the first time. I I stayed. I totally. I pretty much basically locked myself in my, my my beach house basement and brought some studio speakers down and brought my guitar and I was basically I turned off my social media was gone, barely talked to anybody. And I just had a beard growing out of my beard, and I was just—I <laughs> was just writing and writing and writing and writing, and and just and just just it was a lot of time alone, and just that oh, I never gosh, spent. Yeah. I never spent time with myself to understand who I am and what um, that. I, a lot of times, you think you're doing the right thing for yourself, but a lot most of the time, that's kind of wrong. You're living for other people. Mm. It was fearlessly exploring the parts that I that are hard to get in touch with and, and through through art for me i mean art is my my way of of exploiting that yeah so um, unplugging from everything was was the best thing that ever happened for me regarding my own personal sanity mm-hmm. and balance um for me self-awareness was huge i started to realize that greg and i started to repeat a lot of the same mistakes over and over again and it started to lead us into just bad scenarios for us that maybe we weren't getting paid enough Maybe the, the artist we were working with wasn't right for us. What I realized was that we had to draw boundaries for who we work with. We can't sell ourselves short. In my personal journey, it's more about my anxieties, bad, or I'll feel a little bit depressed when I'm around the people that don't make me feel that voice that I should be, you know, that, that don't really, I don't feel like I'm my light, you know, so... A lot of that, the, the most important lesson that I, that I want to say I'm learning right now is is to surround yourself with that, whether it's people, whether it's places. You really have to have some boundaries for yourself on what you allow yourself to intake. Because it's hard as an artist, I feel like, to fit in, into society right now. For some reason, it's just, I feel like, you ever seen The Matrix where you're sort of, they're like unplugged right. from the machine? <laughs> I feel that way sometimes. Um, yeah, I just try to surround myself with people who are better than me. All the absolutely, time. and I think what you guys really hit upon were boundaries. Like I talk about that all the time on this podcast, guys. Boundaries—they're so important, and you know we feel like they'll be limiting, but they're actually counterintuitively so freeing to have those boundaries. And I thank you guys for bringing that up and and talking about that. The whole reason I created the Rockstar Advocate was because of so many friends of mine in the music industry that were struggling to talk about their mental illness and to talk about finding that work-life balance and not burning out, not getting so overwhelmed, whether they have a specific affliction or not. This is a hard industry to be in. And I think being more open about that, I thank you guys so much for shining a light on you know, how you guys work together, how you support one another, and, and how you use that to funnel it through your music. And what I love about your music is that it's it's got something to say. It's not just talented musicians putting out records, but it's also, you know, you have a platform and you're using it 
for something important. And I love that you encourage your fans to seek help and to get that those conversations started. So so thank you for doing that. And and now I know this is this was like a heavy, heavy episode for some people to listen to. And and some people might be getting this information for the very first time. And I'm I'm sure they're having a lot of realizations about themselves um, and seeing themselves reflected in the stories you've shared. So we're gonna we're gonna end it on lighter notes. We're gonna have some some fun rapid fire questions that I ask all of my guests. <laughs> so whatever comes to mind, you guys let me know, and you can can each answer. You don't have to answer as a group if you rather not. But if you could have mm. one superpower, what would it be? I got it. I got <laughs> it. Okay. Okay. Okay, this this might come across as awesome. You ready? Okay. You're going into CVS. You're going into anywhere that has an automated door. I'd love it if I had a superpower that could open them up like one or two seconds before. Just one or two seconds before they open because it's always too late. It's interrupting my flow. I'm trying to walk into the CVS. I need to get some chocolate or some Reese's or something. And I walk into this automatic door. It says caution. Like, what? why should I caution if it's going to open up automatically? And I have to stop and wait for it to open I want it to open a little quicker. That's my. I'm superpower. just going to end this podcast now because that's probably we're not going to get anything yeah. to top that answer. I'm just. Gonna, I, I'm like. I'm just going to unplug like, everything. <laughs> just forget it. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, I just want to be able to fly because I'm because I'm late a lot. And this, <laughs> what? He says that. Why doesn't anybody ever say invisible? Oh my gosh! The, the, oh, no, I don't the people invisible. I would spot. See, because you guys are musicians, you're attention whores. Like I want to be invisible and just be a fly on the wall and listen to people's conversations. If if I could fly, I could avoid a lot of traffic. That's all. Oh I'm my god! <laughs> Based on those last answers, I'm afraid to ask this question. Three three musicians, living or dead, who could join you for dinner? Who are they? Individually, oh, or, I, or, I don't or, want to start or, fights, so I'll let you both answer if you have your own. My number one is Bowie. What about you? What's your number one? Uh, all right, my number one is Dave Grohl. Nice. Oh, to... that's a personal favorite um, of mine. One. Nice. Now let's agree on one. <laughs> all, right. That. all right. Who who's like our favorite female artist? Quick, it's rapid fire, so we got. Rapid, I mean, Stevie of... Nicks for me. Ooh. Stevie Nicks done. Yes. Nice. If time travel were possible, and you could go back and tell your younger self a lesson that you now know, what would it be? When the pizza comes out of the oven, it's really hot. All right, goodbye. I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, my God. That's one. Oh, man. I, I would, I would honestly sorry. say the things that I worry about, it, none of it really yeah. matters. <laughs> There's so much that just does not matter. There's so much time spent on worrying about um, what somebody thinks or what I think of a certain situation when meanwhile I could have just forgotten about it and moved on to the next thing. And, and time is the only thing that really matters in this world. And it's the only thing that's, that's, that exists in my, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the only thing you can lose and not get back. Mm. So it's, I would tell my younger self, dude, forget about it. Just brush it off. It's not that big of a deal. Mine would be patience. One word. Seriously. Yeah. I need, that would be, teach me how to be patient or start being seriously that it's either that or bound or, or making boundaries for myself to be healthy. That's it. Because I never knew that. I never knew that you had to do that. Like avoid certain people, places, scenarios. So it's, it's one or the other. They're both very strong to me, but if I had to choose to be patient. nice. Yeah, totally agree. So the final question 
uh, this podcast is all about action taking. And so usually each week I give an action or whatever lesson I discuss, there's a downloadable worksheet. But with the interviews, you guys make my job easy. I don't have to make a worksheet. But it's up to you guys then to give our audience what their action is going to be for this week. So what would you like their action to be? What should they go do this week? The most healthy I've ever been when in uh, in hard times, what I, I wake up, write down, write down a bunch of stuff, whatever's on my mind, without thinking, with just writing, and a page or two just about things, whatever it is, whether it's a dream or it's about what I ate for dinner, or whether it's about a relationship stream or anything, yeah. a stream of consciousness that that set me up for complete artistic freedom, and I really just I was more present than I ever could have been. So uh, me personally, I, I would I would challenge people to as as boring as it seems or as as uh, tedious as it seems, just to wake up. Don't do anything. Don't look at your mm. phone. Get throw that across the room. <laughs> throw it the window. Give it to a bird. Let it take it to another house. If you get it, <laughs> and write down whatever is on your mind without with before before you do anything before you brush your teeth. Do that. I would say right. Set a timer for ten minutes and, and right. write whatever's on your mind first thing in the morning. That's, yes. that's how that would work. And then mine is 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 to really, really practice gratitude. It's because that for me, the morning's so important. And if if I don't stop myself before I even leave for work, or if I miss the gym one morning, I'm in trouble because I forget. And then that could carry me out to, into the whole day. So I would challenge everyone: grab your favorite pen, grab a moleskin journal or something, set your alarm for the morning, maybe ten minutes earlier, and write down when you grab that pen and move it over just jot down one thing that you're grateful for and i'm a shameless plug that if you guys want my gratitude notepad it's five dollars free shipping you guys can do that very exercise with a cool little notepad (laughs) well i'll send them i'll send you guys copies for your time but thank you but thank you so much for that i thank you guys so much for for being open enough to share all of that and all of our listeners, please, please, please go check the show notes because links to everything we've mentioned, including their newest single, uh, Signs, and their website and their amazing blog and all things MGSP that you could um, know about are in the show notes. And I definitely highly suggest you guys follow them and make sure that they're on your watch list because they've really got a, a lot of important messages and a lot of talent to share. So thank you guys so much for being with us. And I look forward to uh, being in thank touch you. in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so <laughs> much. Ultimately, the lesson here is to reach out and speak up. And that's a lesson we could all be reminded of. We're not alone out here, and whenever we're suffering with something, we don't have to suffer in silence. There will always be someone out there who can listen, and more often than not, relate to what we're going through. I want to thank Matt and Greg again for their time, and hopefully you'll see them at this year's Musicpreneur Mindset Summit. Our three-day event kicks off Thursday, September 26th in Long Beach, New York, and runs through Saturday the 28th. If you're unable to be in New York, we again will be offering streaming tickets so you can tune in from home in a private Facebook group for only $25. Early bird tickets are on sale now through June 18th, so be sure to go to the show notes and grab your tickets now before the prices go up. Head on over to therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP61 and check out all things MGSP as well as more details on this year's summit. Also, be sure to leave me a comment or shoot me an email, suz, S-U-Z, at therockstaradvocate.com to let me know what you thought about the episode.
That wraps it up for us in this year's Mental Health Awareness Month. But you know, this isn't the last time we'll be shedding a light on mental wellness and health. We've got some great episodes coming down the pipeline that I feel will really resonate with you, and I can't wait to share them. As always, I thank you for listening, and I'm here if you have any questions. Email me at any time. Again, that's Suze, S-U-Z, at therockstaradvocate.com. Until next time, Rockstar, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here next week so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.